0: what's up everybody and welcome back to the verzi effect podcast show my name is paul verzi and today is monday august 26 2013 you guys are listening to episode 124 i hope everybody is doing good as you can tell i'm a little hoarse in the voice here uh had like five gigs in three days uh some big ones and uh you know, not crazy drinking, but there was some cigar smoking and some scotch and whiskey drinking, I'm not going to lie, nothing nothing too heavy, but uh, that is the explanation for The Voice, but i got a great show for you guys, I've uh, got, got a movie, I want to talk about a movie, going to talk about uh, some stuff going on in the entertainment world, everybody going nuts over this VMA, so I'm going to shit on that for a while. Um, just a, another good episode. Got some uh, unacceptable, so sit back, relax, and I will talk to you guys about a, a crazy weekend which I had. Um, amazing, just so much fun. You know what? I met some uh, <laughs> some British com- comedians. You know, comedians. Uh, you know, there was a bunch of guys. You know, who came over from London, and they would always say when something was, you know, good, they would go, "It was great fun." Yeah, it's great fun. So I almost just said, "Yeah, I had a weekend it was great fun." <laughs> Jimmy Carr, awesome comic. Uh, Oh man, he lives in London. Guys, great guy, awesome. And uh, he killed one night on the Nasty Show, and I remember going, "Hey man, that was great. You killed. That was great." He "It was great fun, yeah." Uh, But no, I had a great time this weekend. Uh, But first, before we get into the show, got to plug the sponsor. The Versi Effect podcast is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. As always, download. The free app on your iPhone today, Butterfly Radio, allows you to send up to a five-minute audio message to your favorite podcast. They could send it right back to you, and uh, you could interact with your favorite podcasts. You could also register on ButterflyRadio.com and start your own podcast. And uh, just so you guys know, the new and improved Butterfly Radio allows you to listen to full episodes, full episodes of um, all your favorite podcasts. I'll go through a list of some of the popular ones on here, Fixing Joe, Joe Mattarese. Jim Florentine's uh, Comedy Metal Midgets, which is a great one. The Joe Rogan Experience, more um, Stories, Jay Moore's, Opie and Anthony, uh, Skeptic Tank with Ari Shafir, What the Fuck Podcast, Mark Marin. You know, all these, all these great podcasts. You can listen to full episodes. Go back, listen to your favorite parts of the episodes. It's a really great app if you like podcasts. So that's Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today or register on Butterfly Radio to start your own show. Um, and I'm going to put in a Butterfly Radio entry today about this Miley Cyrus thing because this thing is, is ridiculous. But first, I'll get into that after. Um, I want to talk about um, an amazing weekend of shows. We um, Well, the first awesome show of the weekend was Friday night. I opened for... Uh, bill burr which is just it's just always a great show it, you know it's just always just great comedy crowds packed out and um this was actually the biggest show that i've ever done as far as numbers because um you know i mean carnegie hall uh we did the jackie gleason theater it, you know we've done some big ones westbury in the round also the the tent in um, cape cod is like 2700 but um Last time we did Foxwoods together, the last time that I had opened for Bill at Foxwoods was in the Fox Theater, which seats about 1,500 people, and this time we were at the MGM uh, Theater at Foxwoods, which is 4,500, and... Um, It was close. I mean, if it wasn't sold out, it was really, really close. There was definitely over 4,000 people in there. And, um, it was amazing. The crowd was amazing. Usually casino crowds. And I was joking with them, calling them morons and saying that even though it's a beautiful room, I know half of them are white trash, just, you know, shitty white trash people. And they, they got a kick out of it. But this crowd was great. Um, amazing time I had I really really did it was it was so I mean the fans afterwards all throughout the casino the whole night just showing such appreciation for you know what we did and it was a great time so um yeah man and if you're a new fan of mine or if you just started to listen to the Verzi effect um thank you so much And if you came out to that show and you're a new fan, thank you so much. I I had such a good time. And it was so cool to perform in front of 4,000 and it seemed like more like intimate. Like it was a 4,000 seater, but it it seemed close. Like it almost seemed like a a 1,500 or a 2,000. Great time. And then after the show, we had some friends there. Uh, I don't know, you guys might have heard me mention, um, but Bill and I have a, a friend. Um, great friend of ours, uh, down in, um, the D.C. area, uh, our buddy, uh, Willis, and he is the, um, he works for the NFL Players Association, and he's just such a fuck, this guy, I'm gonna try not to curse, because last time I said something about him, his kids were listening. And I said he was like effing awesome, and his kids were like mimicking it, going up to him, going, "Dad, you're effing awesome." So uh, Willis, if you, if you're listening, uh, the kids can the kids can hear this one, okay? Uh, don't worry, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna slip. But uh, Willis came down with his buddy Al, and they came to the show, and we hung out afterwards, and um, just shooting the shit with those guys. And those are the guys that were going to the Texas A&M Alabama game when I open for Bill in Texas we're going to go to the Texas A&M Alabama game and I'm going to be chilling with those guys going on a party bus and tailgating um the day before we're going to do um two days before we're going to do El Paso and then the day before we're going to do San Antonio and then the next day we're going to go out to the game but we're hanging out with those guys at the MGM and what was really cool was the security at the MGM was like you know what do you guys want to do and like I told you guys on the last podcast, I'm starting to get into cigars, seriously. And my wife is not really too happy. She's not too happy with it. But I'm, I'm getting into, you know, I'm not, I'm at the point now. You know, I'm a big, homeo- I'm a big homeowner, everybody. I got a home now. So I'm kind of trying to chill out my game and be a little more, uh, g- you know, gentleman-like. So some of you guys are like, yeah, you're turning into an asshole. No, I'm not. Okay, I'm growing up. You, you need to grow up. I, um, I'm starting to drink a little scotch, a little whiskey more and more, sit down with a whiskey or a scotch and a cigar and do that shit like a gentleman. So we were saying like, you know, what do you want to do? And we were like, is there a place in the casino? You know, Bill had his brother, some friends, family out. So it was like, is there a, and and I brought a few cigars so we could all have. And, uh, Willis, he brought a cigar and we all wanted to go into a private area where we could smoke cigars and drink whiskey and shoot the shit and just be with each other. And uh, they accommodated us. They kind of roped off this little section of the bar that was at the um, that was at the MGM Grand in the casino. And we sat there and we smoked a cigar in there and we were drinking and it was it was just a great time. It really was, you know, to to perform for that many people and then afterwards be able to relax with your friends and shoot the shit with them and smoke a cigar, drink. I was drinking some. uh, What was I drinking? Uh, Johnny Walker Black on the rocks. Not many, just you know, chilled out. And then here is the cool part. The guy that was assigned to us, the security guy, goes, Hey, Paul, man, come here. He's like, you guys want to gamble? And uh, that's a hard question for, <laughs> for me to say no to, even on a small end. Uh, you know, I love to play a little dice. So the guy was like, yeah, I'll get you guys a table. And he walked out, and uh, it, it, there was a table that was kind of open to the public, but they made sure that they had a spot for us on one side of it. Really nice. Sucked to lose a little money playing dice, but it was late. The night was over, and um, and that was it. But, but great night. And I I really had a, it was just so fun to to just be, I was so comfortable, it was weird because the stage and everything, I was so comfortable in front of, in in this room, in front of that many people because it was just like this cozy 4,000 people and I know that sounds weird. So then the next night, this this story about the weekend of where I performed is going to show you what comedy is like. Okay, for you people that, you know, for I'm going to show you what it's like for an up-and-coming comedian in this business, what a weekend is. So I do the MGM Grand, over 4,000 people opening for one of the best, you know, comedians working today. I had a great time and, and I enjoyed what I did. I did a new bit on stage that I really never did before. Uh, about people getting naked when they get drunk and me trying to steal an imaginary second base when I would go out in the yard pissed drunk and my friends would watch me. I told that story on stage, which I had a great time doing. So it was a great night, right? Smoking cigars, hanging out with buddies. Then I go to um, the Stand Comedy Club in New York City on Saturday night and I host... The 8, the 10, and the midnight show. So I'm working all night. I'm bringing amazing comedians to the stage. It was awesome. Such great lineups. Just a great, great time. Okay. And uh, packed out shows, all of them. And then on Sunday night, last night, um, let me preface this by saying that the gentleman who booked me on this is a great dude. He's uh, a shout-out to Jay. Uh, He's a great dude. He, um... He used to be the bartender at Levity Live, which is a club that I always work. And he's like, "Yeah, man, I got this show out in Jersey, come out to it." So I go out to Jersey and I I normally wouldn't agree to this. The money was the money was, you know, the money was good for a night. But after performing at the MGM Grand in front of 4,000 people and then going to a New York, the top one of the hottest New York City cl- comedy clubs, Okay, doing three shows on a Saturday night, all sold out with amazing lineups. And then Sunday, I'm performing in a fucking Benegins in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. With flat screen TVs that were on. I had to sit, like say, like, hey, can they t- at least turn the flat screens off that are behind the comedian? I walked in and they just had football games on. It was like an open to the public Benegins. Just fucking people sit, it was, it was basically like if you walked into an Applebee's, and just like on one of the levels where people eat, they just set up a, I mean, they knew, like, that section knew it was comedy, but I haven't done shit like this in, I have not done gigs like this in, I mean, these are gigs that I would do, you know, two years in, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm better than it, but I am, um, but I'm standing in a Benegans, and I just told the people there. I go, guys, like I, I was at the, the, the MGM Grand in front of four thousand people Friday night, and now I'm I'm in a fucking I'm in a Benegins in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. I left my kids to be there, and um, I did it. Though. I had a, Jay's great. I'm just busting chops. Jay, Jay's a great dude, but I said, like, do you know what that's like? That the drop off of that is like is like, Philip Seymour Hoffman going from filming an Academy Award winning movie. And then his next project is a fucking snuff film. Like, it's just, but you know what? That's comedy. That's comedy. That's what we do. You know, whether it's 4,000 or or 40 people, which I don't even know, excuse me, if it was that many. But you know what? Uh, He's like, man, if you could just do 45 minutes, that'd be great. And you know what? I stayed up there and I I did about an hour, maybe a little over an hour, just talking to the crowd, just getting some work in, <clears throat> having fun. They were great, you know. And uh, we just, it was just a, you know, it was it was a great time. You, you know, you make the best of it and and everything. But yeah, so MGM Grand, New York City, top club, and then a Bennigan's off of the highway in Saddlebrook, New Jersey. <clears throat> and uh, what can I say? Five shows in three days, and I had a great time. So, you know, but, uh, Jay, if you're listening, I love you, but maybe we could just, you know, do like a private place next time instead of a, a waiter coming by with fucking mozzarella sticks. Uh, <laughs> but that was my weekend, everybody. That was my weekend. And, um, I, I gotta tell you, I love coming home to the new house. I love it. Come home to the new house and I've become the real, a real homeowner now because like now I'm walking around my yard. I have a lot of property and I'm walking around like looking for garbage. You know, I see the weeds like, you know, you never looked at weeds before. You never given a shit. I didn't even know what a real weed because weeds look different. They come out of the ground. But now I'm looking at the outline of the, you know, like where, where the garage line is. No weed, you know, making sure no weeds come out of there. Now I'm talking about getting a landscaping guy to throw down some mulch and do this shit. Like, they, I was never doing that. You get transformed. today. You know what I did today? Today I was hanging out with my little girl and I just shifted the shit that we have because the whole house is done except, um, our whole house is done except the garage. You know, we have some things that, you know, need to be moved and cleaned out. And so one side of the whole garage I did. I just did it today. And now we just have one side left and then like, and then do some lands, little landscaping in the front, like by the walk and the house is done, you know, and, but I'm just looking around, and and I'm just like, man, I've become this, because you know when you see people caring about their lawns, and, and caring about that, and you're always like, and here's the thing, we can get a landscaping person to do it, but there's just something about cleaning your own shit up, there's just something about having a house, and you feel good about like just picking up even anything at your house and making sure that it's all, you know, it's all right. Somebody comes over and sees that you are living like a human being, you know. I, it, I've become that guy, is what I am saying. And uh, basically, I think I am getting old. <laughs> I am thirty four years old, and I, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't even believe. That I'm six years away from 40. And by the way, uh, happy birthday, a big happy birthday to my older brother, Christian. My older brother, Christian, turned um, 40 years old on the 22nd of August. And uh, I got to tell you, um, in all seriousness, my brother and I have been through a lot of things. Um, you know, a lot of things. Our, our parents had a brutal divorce when I was five and he was 10. And he got the brunt of it. And he really, um, you know, went through and saw a lot of shit. And, and as, a, as an amazing older brother, protected me from a lot of things. And, um, you know, shielded me and uh, kind of took the bullets. And he's just always been a supportive, amazing brother to me. He really has. He's driven with me. We've driven 15 hours to Milwaukee. He drove me uh, 15 hours or, or close to 15, 14, 15 hours to Chicago one time for me to do a three-minute audition. And it actually ended up working out. I did a three-minute audition. I drove 15 hours to do three minutes because I missed the New York and Boston auditions, and I drove out there, and they—I ended up winning my audition, and they flew me out to Vegas for a festival. When I first started, you know, when I, you know, when I was like three, four years in, and he drove with that. He's been on a ton of road trips with me, South Carolina. All, he's just been in my corner forever. He's just one of the most supportive, amazing dudes, and uh, just a—I mean, if everybody was like my older brother Christian, man, this world would be a better place. It's just the type of duty. As he, he minds his fucking business. And, uh, fucking great sense of humor. I mean, if you guys think I'm funny, this dude's really funny. And, um, we had a great time. He came to the house. We ate some dinner. We, um, we uh, had some cake. And then, uh, we went out to the movies, which I'll review the movie later in the podcast. But, uh, I just wanted to say, Chris, if you are listening, man, I love you. Love you to death. You're the best, uh, best, best older brother guy could ask for. And, uh... You're 40, you old fuck, you're getting old, Jesus Christ, I can't believe, and you know what, every time he would turn an age like that, like I remember when he turned 30, I'd be like, ah, fuck that, man, he's 30, I'm 25, and then I became 30, and I was like, yeah, but he's 35, and it just keeps happening, so I know that that 40, I mean, I'm still, let's, you know, let's, I'm five and a half years away, but it's still like, shit, man, 34, I'm looking at my yard, I'm looking at weeds, this shit's going, uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> Let's talk about this stupid shit that everybody's talking about today all right i I, I can't get I listen I, I I'm pissed everybody so get ready for a rant okay I'm really like this is and I'm not even joking around this is coming from the heart this is ridiculous I've been thinking about this all day first of all, I woke up today and I go online and I didn't watch the VMAs you know why because I'm not fucking twelve that's why you know the last time the VMAs were cool, I was like a freshman or a sophomore in college. All right. There's no rap anymore. There's no fucking rap. You know, we I mentioned this before. Rap was and it was like no, no rap is good fuck that. There's a couple of good guys out there, but there's always going to be good guys, but it's not the same what it was. You know, Wu-Tang Clan was amazing. I mean, Jay-Z is still out there now, but I'm talking about like when Jay-Z first came out Biggie and and Tribe called Quest. Like I just mentioned, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang and Tribe were just making sick music after Wu-Tang's uh, 36 Chambers, which was all of them together. Then they broke off and they did all their own. And, um, you know, Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style was out. And it was just amazing time for rap. It was. You know, now you got people like 2Change, ASAP Rock, get the fuck out of here. Seriously, it's just so, it's it's stupid. The songs are stupid. It's just dumb. Listen to a Tribe Called Quest album from before. I mean, that's like real hip-hop. It's amazing, you know? And now it's just these guys. And and it's not like a, I'm not like one of those like, oh, you know, I don't want to become that older. Oh, music today is not, I'm serious. It really isn't. I mean, you could ask somebody who's 80 years old who listened to fucking 30s and check, and they're like, ah, you know, like, they're, they're probably saying, you know, they would probably say the same thing about the music that I'm praising right now. But it's just, it really isn't the same you know, so now everybody's going crazy, so anyway, let me get back to, let me get back to my point, all right, I get on the um, laptop this morning, I'm looking through stuff, and this Miley Cyrus thing, Miley Cyrus this, Miley Cyrus that, what did she do, so of course I'm sitting down, and I'm like, well, I gotta see, I mean, they, they. I mean, from what, I, they made it like she took a shit on stage, you know, which would have actually kind of, I don't know. Put some kind of validation on all this crazy talk. So I look at what she did. Okay, she came out like an idiot. She danced like an idiot. She did some weird, you know. I mean, if I was her father, I'd be mortified. I get, and I'm sure he is. You know, if I saw my little girl bending down to her toes, shaking her ass like that, wearing stuff like that, with a shaved head, pretty much, and a fuck, I mean, I, you gotta be, you'd be, I'd be puking. If that was my daughter, I would be puking. I, I, I would just be like, "Are you serious?" But. She's a twenty-one she's a twenty-year-old millionaire. She was on TV. She got all the money in the world. Nobody's telling her no. She could do what she wants to do. And she goes up there. And fine. I get it. But listen, people, let, let people who are like freshmen in college talk about it. Let people Miley Cyrus's age and lower talk about it. But I'm looking online and I'm listening or I'm reading people on Facebook, grown ass adults. Like, like people with fucking kids caring, you know, I guess if you have daughters and shit and you're like an adult with daughters and you just wanted to watch and you're like, oh my God. But like the fact that this is like huge in our country today is so fucking sad and moronic that it, it it's actually sickening. It is the dumbest thing that... I mean, I was driving today. I picked my son up from daycare. And, you know, I want to listen to a good song here or there. I like any music that's good. And I'm going to the radio stations to try to, you know, find some good songs that are out there. And all the... And Miley Cyrus did this. And did you see her ass doing this? And Miley Cyrus, And it's just like, I can't believe that that is like floating all through like the waves of the world right now. That's what, be, in our world, in our country, it is the dumbest thing. I can't believe. And and another thing, and the the, the fact that people are like appalled, like what do you think a 21, a 20-year-old millionaire, you know, who's, who's a pop star is going to come out and do it, the VMAs. People are acting like, look, have you seen porn today? I mean, what are you so p- appalled about? Two girls, one cup, people shitting cups, eating it, people puking on each other. Like, are you that shocked? Listen to music today. Listen to the lyrics. It's all awful. What are you so shocked about? And then here's what's going to happen. Miley Cyrus is going to have a little downfall, kind of like the Lindsay Lohan thing, and then she's going to talk to fucking Oprah, and it's going to be the same stupid thing, and, pe- and then she's going to grow up in a couple years, and then Oprah's going to say, hey, do you know what did you think now, oh, I can't believe I did that, and then everybody's going to clap, and people are going to think she's got her shit together, and then two years later, it's gonna be like, who gives a shit, raise your kids, you're a grown fucking adult, somebody should take you by the face, and, and, and just throw you into a fucking wall, and say, wake up, you asshole. Raise your kids and do something instead of talking about Miley Cyrus on social media when you're 48 years old. It's the it's so fucking stupid. By the way, I didn't even think the performance was that bad from what I saw. I mean, yeah, she shook her ass a little bit. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I don't know why every time I do this podcast I'm drinking some sort of... Again, here I am, I'm drinking polar... One, yeah, polar seltzer, black cherry polar seltzer since 1882. But that, I mean, that that's the thing that just gets me is, is that people are acting appalled and it's all over Twitter and it's all over and it just lets you know like that's what it's, that's why I really want the NFL to come back. I want football to come back because at least, listen, some people are like, oh, well, that's so stupid. You're a grown adult. You're watching a football game. Yeah, but I'm watching a contest. I'm watching something that's real. I'm watching people compete for something. I'm watching world-class athletes with amazing skill. I'm rooting for something. There's a fan base there, shit like that. I'm a fan of the game. That's different. But to sit around and to tweet about a 21-year-old girl who came up in the business because her father, Billy Ray Cyrus, has all this money and his daughter got into singing and his daughter got into TV and shit and now she's doing this and I could not believe somebody made a good point I think it was um yeah it was um it's comedian in New England uh Marty Marty Caproni he said something and it was great shout out to you Marty by the way because I, I read this today and I was like yeah man good for you man really smart like, all this shit going on in Syria, and I don't want to act like I know everything that's going on in Syria, because, like, when I read, you know, when I hear that shit, I'm just like, man, you know, I don't want to be a typical, like, ignorant to that, and be like, yeah, well, that's happening over there, and we got problems here, but I'm, I'm just on, like, when I hear that, I kind of just shake my head, I think it's terrible, and um, I'm just like, shit, man, like, you know, because it always just seems like one of those countries, something's going on, there's always these wars over there, there's always kind of just, like, you know, rebels going against the, you know, it's just so like, but I'm not gonna act, I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, act like I'm this, you guys know what's going on in the world, because I don't, you know, I'm not like an activist, like, I'm not fucking, I, you know, I mean, I think what happens in Syria is bad, but I don't fucking, I'm not gonna say, I'm not losing sleep over what's going on in Syria, you know what I mean, um, you know, I, I lose sleep about fucking, you know, where my next money's coming? Where my next project's gonna be for for my family? That that's what I that's what what I concentrate on. But I did see that. I do think it's awful. And Marty Caproni made a good point. He goes, yeah. He goes, all these people are getting killed and, and and gassed in Syria, and you know, and and people are actually, you know, talking about Miley Cyrus. Not to mention that dude, that white dude that got killed by those younger kids, those those black kids or whatever, they killed him out of boredom. And that shit went away real quick, real quick, right? But the Trayvon Martin thing and all those other things, is it's just like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I just look at that. And I'm like, why? Like, why are we so fucking, why are we so attracted to like drama with race or like, it's never about what's right. Jeez, I don't even want this fucking podcast to go here. I really don't. But it's never about what's right. It's always about a, it's always about race, and it's always about your political side. It's never about what the fuck is right. But anyway, you know. So shout out to you, uh, Marty. That was a great thing you said. Like all these people, and yet all we're talking about all grown fucking adults. You know. It's not all these little MTV people. It's not all these, you know, people listening to watching Guy Code and Girl Code and these young people, you know, like, I can understand that. You know, if you're in your early 20s and you watch MTV or like 20, 19, 18, whatever, and you fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I can understand tweeting about it. You don't have shit. You didn't experience anything. You know what I mean? Your biggest fucking problem is your mom letting you go to some concert in two weeks that nobody gives a shit about. Like, that's your problem. So, I get that, but you know th- this making world news i mean it, it's sad man it's it's sad i listen i if miley cyrus took a shit in a box in the middle of the stage and people saw it i would be like all right i probably got to tweet about that and then I, after like an hour i'd be like wow man did you hear about miley cyrus shitting in a box that's pretty crazy i'd probably do a joke on stage about it and that's it but the you know it's just so silly Oh, what'd you think about so-and-so's outfit? Did you, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, did you care? Oh, I wonder if Kanye West is going to do anything stupid this week. Oh, my God. I don't know. Am I just turning into an old douche? I don't think I am. I think I'm actually disgusted with my old self. I think that's what's happening. I think I'm looking back at the shit that I did care about or take seriously and go, holy shit. So that's why I'm saying if you're, I don't know, I don't know, I I don't want to sit here and talk about Miley Cyrus on the thing, but I just, I just got, I just was looking at what was going on and I was like, really, is this really happening right now? I just can't, I can't believe it. And rap names right now are the worst two chains you know when rap names started getting shitty when 50 cent came out because let's be honest 50 cent that's the one of the worst rap names ever like if they had to make a list of the top 25 awful rap names of all time 50 cents got to be in the top 10 it's just absolutely awful Because even like you know the ones that are like little this little Wayne well little Wayne I could deal with because he was probably just you know some dude rapping And they're like oh listen to little Wayne like that was his nickname little Kim she's a little chick from Brooklyn little Kim so they call her that you know I, but but two chains A S A P Rocky it's awful it's awful I just I I don't know. This whole MTV shit is just pissing me off. I don't know why. It's just, it, it's just. You know what it is when you when you see things and you get things into perspective. You know, and you I guess when you do see tragedies or hear about horrible things and then you really listen to what and and oh that's unacceptable for the week by the way, unacceptable for the week. Here's my unacceptable for the week. People over thirty years old tweeting about twenty year old singers. Now, unless you're a comedian and you have something really, really clever and you just want to get it out there to your fans, I get it. But if you're in your fucking 30s and you're, and you're really, like, like calling friends about this, unacceptable. Like, if this is, like, a big part of your day today, it's unacceptable. And shame on these DJ, these fucking radio people. That's why I love that podcast. That's why I love that. I'm, I'm serious too. That's why I love things like Butterfly Radio. Where you could just go on and listen to a comedian. Or listen to somebody who's going to predict sports. Listening to something like that. And there's no like, you know those stupid little, like those little things that they say right before a song. When somebody calls in. Like I was listening to one today and um, I was just waiting for the song to come on because that's what I wanted to do because I didn't have any CDs and you know, I didn't have any podcasts in the car. So I was just driving in the car. I wanted to listen to a song and a girl called up and she's like... Yeah, I'm about to go to college, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're about to go to college, huh? First uh, dorm room experience, huh? You ready to have that, uh, you know, that sleep where uh, you got a strange uh, dorm mate staring at you, huh? Probably gonna braid your hair in your sleep, huh? You ready for that?" And she's like, "Yeah, I guess so. I'm just saying, I don't know, but I have really, I think that's gonna happen." Okay, here we go, and it's—I'm just listening. I'm shaking my head, going, "I can't fucking believe this guy's got a job. I can't believe it. It's the stupidest shit ever." Oh, my God. I want to see something bad happen. No, I shouldn't say that. But I want to see, like... Like, how great would it be in the VMAs if, like, somebody just lost their mind because of the stupidity and just ran on stage and put a gun to, like, somebody's head and, like, stopped the show and everybody was just freaking out, crying, begging them not to do it. And then nothing ended up happening. Like, they end up arresting the guy. But he's just like, this is so fucking terrible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, just the, the the other side of that hype and excitement of, like, that shit. The, like, the, the, the all-time, like, just snapping other side of that. If a guy just, like, stormed in there, like, crashed the VMAs with a gun... And just fucking grabbed Miley Cyrus's wrist and just told the music to stop. And just fucking just had a gun to her head and was screaming, This is the worst shit I've ever seen. Oh, you people are fucking morons. He just started popping caps in the air. And Miley Cyrus is like crying and weeping and everybody's petrified. He's <laughs> like, how can you people listen to this shit? This show has been horrible for 20 fucking years. And then like even if he killed himself or something, because, like, you know, what? I think he has a song and then he just killed himself or I don't know. I don't know. But I would just love the fear and I would just love the horror and the night coming to a horrible halt and people leaving really scared. And I, I really don't know why that makes me laugh and gives me satisfaction. <laughs> uh, what is wrong with me, everybody? I don't know, but as you could tell, it bothered me today, so I'll move on, I'll move, I think I'll leave it at there, I'll, I'll visually put the guy with a gun, and like I said, don't freak out, I don't like violence, nobody gets hurt, just a big threatening, just showstopper, literally, (laughs) oh my god, hold on, I'm gonna take a sip of this, and then we're gonna talk about movie, movies, I saw a good one no I didn't see a good one I saw Uh, hold on a second okay so my brother and I on his birthday we decide to see this horror movie You're Next that's what we saw and this is one of this is probably going to be one of the most bizarre reviews because the acting was bad the writing was very easy and bad so I guess easy writing equals really bad so okay nobody had a stellar performance it wasn't like that but this movie was really brutal as far as killings as far as um if if you like disturbing I guess this is a nice thing to follow up that last thing I just said but if you like if you like disturbing shit and like horror movies and kills and 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 you know um this was really good for that it had disturbing kills brutal family members watching each other die and and like just like you know basically what it's about is a family kind of all gets together for their parents anniversary in this like house upstate somewhere in this big mansion and like these outside intruders just fuck with them and, you know, start doing some really horrible shit. And, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're just you're like, what the hell are they doing out there? And what's going on? And if you ever saw the movie Strangers, where the end was really disturbing with Liv Tyler and, and like her fiance. And they're sitting there and these people with masks are just terrorizing them. And then in the end, they just kill them. And it was really gruesome and brutal. This had a feel to like that. And... It was funny because we walked out and I looked at my brother and I was like, well, you know, not the greatest acting. We both agreed, not the greatest acting, not the greatest, you know, story. But as far as like horror, I mean, you can't, you're not going to make an Academy Award winning horror. But we walked out and you know, when everybody walks out of the movie and everybody, you know, the majority of people go and take a piss, go to the bathroom, and then there's that silence, and then all of a sudden somebody goes, Hey, so what'd you think? Or, you know, people were just walking out going, that was awful. Oh, the writing was terrible. And I get that, but like, what do you want? You know? It reminds me of that scene in Superbad when at the beginning, when uh, Michael Sarah, and Jonah Hill were talking about porn. And he goes, yeah, I just didn't really like the story. And Jonah Hill goes, yeah, I'm sorry the Cohen brothers don't direct the porn I like. And it's true. It's like, what do you... You're not going to get a, like, an Academy Award winning, I mean, like horror. I mean, it, it's not like it was back in the day where they made like a psycho. That That's not going to cut it these days. You know, back in the day, in the 50s and 60s or whatever, like a horror movie was like if a girl, like, like the girl's in the shower and all of a sudden the screen opens and everybody screams and then a knife comes in and then they throw chocolate syrup on the wall and everybody walks out fucking puking and can't believe it. You know, Exorcist, you know, had people fainting in the theaters and stuff. Now, if you do that, that's like par for the course. That That's like what horror movies are. I don't understand what you, you're not going to make great writing, you know, Daniel Day Lewis isn't gonna fucking be you know in a haunted house. He's not gonna do that. So you gotta take it for what it is. I don't go into a horror movie going, Oh my god, like that was that guy could win an Oscar. I I don't I don't do that. I go in going, Did that's A, did that scare the shit out of me? B, was it, you know, did was it somewhat like realistic? Was it a decent story to follow? And were you entertained? I mean, that's what it is. Every horror movie doesn't has like B actors in it. And the thing is people like to see that stuff. So it this was a weird one because I liked the I liked what I was watching. I did. I was I was entertained with it. You know. What what else can you I mean The Conjuring was better. Of course, because it was basically based on true events of these people that were terrorized by, you know, some sort of spirits and awful stuff that was happening with that. So I mean that that's you know, that's a different type of movie. That that was this is more like brutal kills just horrible things happening, you're scared, you're in the house, people are outside trying to get you, you're with your family, and things go down, and, and, and all they really can do with that is write it, like, what can you do with that? A family, think about it, if you're a writer, if you and your buddies are going to sit down and write this movie, what are you going to do? A family reunites for their parents' anniversary, and they're all in a house sitting down eating dinner, and people outside in the woods start coming in to fuck with them, what, what, are you, what do you want? What do you want, some monologue, some fucking, you know, Kevin Costner, like JFK speech at the fucking... No, it's not going to happen. There's people with masks trying to kill you. You're going to get down. You're going to be terrified, and that's what these people did, and I I enjoyed it, so I would say, you know, probably, I mean, (sighs) look, if you like brutal killings, go and spend the money in the theater. If you can wait for DVD, it'll entertain you that way, but the one thing that made no sense, and this was kind of funny, was the title, You're Next. Because they would write your next on the wall, but it, it really had nothing to do. Like it just seemed like it was out of place. Like the title of that movie could have been a thousand things, a thousand different titles, and it could it would have been better than your next is what I'm saying. I, I think that, the, that that was like the stupid one. And I think it was more for like promotional, you know, because they always show like, you know, they always show people getting killed, or a big scream, and then, like, blood flashes across the screen, and it spells something, so, you know, I don't know, that, that was the movie, like, I didn't think it was as bad as people did, I was entertained, brutal, a little predictable, and shit like that, but you like to, you like to see how it pans out, some of the killings were nasty, though, and I, I'm not gonna give anything away, but I'll say this, there's unexpected shit that happens in this movie where, where, you're like, oh no, there's no way that that. Oh my god, like you know, there's like, there's definitely a couple of kills, and there's a couple. I don't want to give that away, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you like to see that shit, I'd see it. But I don't want you coming back going, "Verzi, that was the worst piece of shit movie." How can you say that? You know. How could you say that? It was so, It was, take it for what it is. It's gruesome horror in the woods. And you're not going to, like, a, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman's not in it. So, what else? We're 40 minutes in. Wow, 40 minutes in. Smooth flowing. Nice. Got the, got the seltzer. Guys listening to the Versi Effect podcast show, TVE, episode 125. I can't believe it, man. 25 after 100. Oh, no, 124, 125 is coming next, which is sick because I remember when I got to 100, I was like, man, that went quick. I wonder if I, and now, got 20,000 subscriptions. No, what do I got, 20,000 listeners now, something like that? Twenty thousand between seventeen and twenty thousand are are starting to come to the numbers regularly, which is awesome. So thank you guys, man. I really do appreciate it. And um, the iTunes has more comments every time I check it. And uh, I only had one bad negative comment out of all the iTunes comments. I had one negative comment where a dude was like, "Yeah, you know, I really liked this podcast at first, but then he kept talking about the gigs he was doing." and you know, it got kind of annoying, well, sorry, sorry, buddy, I just, uh, if you read the description of the podcast on my site, it says I will talk about where I was, I will talk about where I'm going, and then I will fill in other things, but you know what, I'll take out of whatever, how many comments are on there, 40 something comments or whatever it is, I'll take one guy going, ah, he got a little annoying, and maybe I did for him, I could take that, I'm a big boy, but hopefully you could come back. Hopefully it did come back. Hopefully you listened to this and you heard me talk about how I would love a crazed, annoyed fan to crash the VMAs and put a gun to Miley Cyrus's head and have her crying and all the music stopping and people terrified in fear. That's not me talking about my gig, is it Dick? <laughs> so fuck you and your negative comment. I'd like to see you sit in front of a fucking computer and a microphone for an hour. Talking to people that you don't even fucking know what they're doing. People all over the fucking world. I'd like to see what you would do. You critiquing douchebag. You fucking judgmental, untalented cunt. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. You could, you're probably a cool dude and you maybe you have talent. I, I. But, you know, don't fucking judge me about what I'm talking about. Okay. I am like that. I'm one of those people that like, even though I really don't care, I really didn't look at the thing and care, but then I still will just keep going at it. And I've always said that that's my problem. My my wife is trying to get me out of it. My problem is I will fucking, I just, do you know that I still, here's an example. And this is actually good because I'll be able to go right into sports after this, but this, this is, this is true. Okay. I I got into an argument in 1997 in a bar with my friends who the majority at the time were Mets fans. And it was one of those arguments where they were like, go position by position. And that's when the Mets had like Ray Ordonez. So they were saying like he was better than Jeter. And they had like Alf, uh Edgardo Alfonso and like go by go position by position and it was just one of these stupid arguments that these fucking stupid Mets fans tried to do meanwhile it was Derek Jeter they didn't even realize how good the team was and we went on to of course win fucking all those championships and they've just been a shitty organization which they are you know just a shitty shithole organization that's what the Mets and Jets are and I'm sorry if you're a fan but you're a fan of a shitty shitty awful fucking teams okay, and, and you know, that's all, what can I say, you know, I'm listen, you could say that I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of a shitty organization in the Knicks, because I have to take that, that's been my pain, I'm, but I'm also a Giants and Yankee fan, and I, I've, had, I've had the success, I felt it, but I'm so stubborn and prideful that when all of these horrible things happen to the Mets afterwards, okay, this is over a decade later, I still say like, yeah, you fuck, look, this guy fucking needs surgery. I can't believe you traded him. Yeah, yeah, really better than the Yankees, right, you fucking shitty organization. How many championships have you won since then? You guys trade good players. You guys suck, you're, you know, and just keep going to the point where I remember even a couple years after 97, I kept going at somebody like, all right, dude, fucking relax, like, stop. And I just, because they were so adamant about it, and I remember that, and I just want to hammer it home and just make them feel, I don't know why I have that. Does anybody else have that that spite? Like, it's j- almost like, you know, if you do me wrong, you know, I and I, I think it's that bullshit Sicilian thing, man. Sicilians got that thing, and and it's actually occurs. It's not even cool. But if if you, oh my God, people that didn't want to book me. You know, people that said that I was this, I was that. I remember, I'm not going to mention a name now, but some dude, when I first started doing comedy, was like, yeah, he's too New York, though. I don't know if he could travel. And I want to write that dude a letter, man. I swear to God, I want to just write that dude a letter and be like, you know, I just thank you because you motivated me. Because ever since your fucking wrong, awful analysis, okay, and your, your fucking, first of all, you never lived in my shoes, Okay. You never lived in my shoes, you talentless asshole who sits down and watches and judges more talented people than you. That's what you do, okay? That's what you do. I get on stage and I tell the jokes and I make people laugh. And when I was young and I was trying to do good and I was, you know, you're impressionable, you you don't know what people are going to think, and you hear, oh, this guy books a lot of rooms. This guy may be important. Now I realize it. I don't give a fuck how many rooms this guy books. This guy's fucking nobody. OK, and, you know, and and, and like I want to and just be like since then, just so you know, um, I'm really only New York. Huh? I'm really maybe a tri-state area. That's what you think. Yeah. Since then, I've performed in almost every major city, in every big state in this fucking country. And, you know, I just want to and there's a part of me. And then I'm like, Paul, why would you do that? There's no reason to do that. It, there isn't you know the best thing that can the best thing that can happen to you is when somebody does that you just get to a point where they hear so much about you and they feel silly and words don't you don't even need to do words anymore you don't you don't even need words i was talking to a a big time comedian i don't want to mention names but i was talking to a big time comedian and he was telling me that booker's had said that he kind of you know he just kind of capped, capped out, and they didn't think he was going to do anything else, and that was it, and they, they kind of passed on him, and they passed on him, and then years later, he just went on to fucking, just fucking explode, explode, and, and <clears throat> he told me that all he wanted to do to this one guy especially was go up to him and, you know, just be like, dude, go fuck yourself. You know, fuck you, you bailed on me, you quit on me, you didn't believe in me, you know and he said he goes i had an opportunity the guy was right there and he goes but i saw the guy's face when he saw me and he realized the mistake he made and it was almost better for me to not say it and i was like man that's gangster shit right there that's that is gangster shit right there you know it it's like i just you know i want to get i want to get past that But at the same time, you almost want to, like, fucking beat it into them so they don't make their kids judgmental pricks. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just made me feel like, you know, don't tell me that. Because what if I was weak? You know, which, which you know, thank God wasn't the case and I had the drive to do this. But, like, what if I, like, really took what that guy said to heart and was like, oh, man, maybe I would only do good in New York. Maybe the rest of the country wouldn't want to see me, you know, just talk and be me. You know, what if I really did that? You know, I'm going to write the guy a fucking letter. I am. I'm going to write this guy a letter and I'm going to go, look, man, I just want to let you know um, that... You said something a long time ago, and I don't know if maybe the guy, how nuts would it be if the guy was like, yeah, I was just talking about at the moment, like at the moment you seemed a little too New York, but I just felt like he summed me up then, and I've done so many things, and you know what I would want to do? I would want to list every state and every city and every state that I did. (laughs) The guy will think I'm just an absolute psychopath. I'm not going to do that, but maybe I'll just say, hey, listen, you know what? Maybe you should just kind of watch what you say you know, as far as impressions and stuff of people, because, um, you know, you could have really made somebody think a certain thing about themselves that would have been really wrong, but since you book a ton of rooms, and this was a big booker, I think he still is a big booker in this country, I think so, I mean, I don't know, I I don't know, nor do I care, but, you know, I don't even know how I got here, but I'm still mad about it, so I just, I just, but no, that's, that's, that's how I, that's, that's my... Like when I drive, if somebody does something wrong, my this drives my wife crazy. When I drive, if somebody does something wrong to me, right, I can't just beep like a little bit. So what I'll do is I get right behind them, maybe like a foot behind them. Like, yeah, I'm talking not like going fast, but like if I get off an exit and somebody gets off an exit and they did something or they, they did something wrong or just they just know they're wrong and, like, they, I honk the horn and I hold it. And not only do I want them to feel embarrassed to know that they were wrong, but I want everyone else to know how mad I am still, and I want them to just feel, to feel that fucking honk. And my wife's like, stop, let go of it, but I'll hold it for a good five Mississippi's. Just, 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 ah. And then just look at him, and just like fucking give him the look, like you fucked up and you know it. Go think about that. I'm not just giving you a little, eh, and then you go home and you don't have to fucking mention it. I want you to mention that shit to your spouse. I want, I want that mistake. <laughs> I want, I want that mistake to be your dinner conversation. Oh my god, that's a bit right there. That is a bit. That is a fucking bit. Yes dinner, I I gotta write this down, dinner, conversation, you need to pay for that, pay for mistake, alright, this might be one of the first episodes where I really let you guys know that I have a fucking issue that I need to probably talk to a therapist about, And I deny it to my wife. My wife goes, why do you have to punish people when they... Why do you have to... And I'm just like, no, I don't. I don't do that. (laughs) And I totally do do that. Uh, But I think everyone's got their shit. You know? I don't know. One thing that I... uh, I'm battling with talking about right now. I'm just being honest right now, riffing. Uh, I probably shouldn't bring this up at the end of the show, but I will is, um, oh shit, we gotta get into sports, but I'll just say real quick, like, there are certain things that you can and you can't talk about on stage, and, and, you know, the things that bother you and stuff, but, um, I just want to have this argument where, and, and this is, you know, I want to be careful, I don't want to shit on people who are religious at all, because I definitely believe in something, I, I don't believe in church, I don't, I don't believe in church, I don't believe in gathering every day, every Sunday, and sitting there, and, and, you know, I believe in, like, I would believe in a church if it was just, you know, like, friends and people just to, like, kind of talk about, like, their feelings with stuff, but, like, not to just go and, like, listen to the same preachy, you know, stuff that, that I, you know, that's just not, that's just me, you know, that's just me, and, and, and I, God bless you if you go, you know, I grew up with, um, a Catholic father, and, uh, my mother is, you know, very Christian right now, so I want to be very um, respectful. And I've definitely felt things in this in my life, and, and I've said that before. But a lot of people, I just make this shit quick. I'm just this is on my mind. But um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So if you want to go to Butterfly Radio and talk about this afterwards with me, or you know, go to go to my Facebook or whatever. Uh, This could be a discussion, and maybe I'll bring this topic up next week. If you guys want to talk about it or bring it up to me uh, in a message, let me know. But one thing that bothers me is that a lot of the Catholic people that I grew up with, you know, are racist. They just are. They're racist. You know, they've you know, it's one thing when you're a kid, and you say a joke, and it's, an, you know, oh, yeah, the nigger did this, and everyone laughs, and, you know, and, and you're not aware of the, the hurtful mean, you know, you're not really aware of it, you're trying to, like, you know, I was trying to make people laugh, you know, I would do anything to fucking make somebody laugh with a joke, and, you know, if the n-word was in it, or, like, you would say spick, or gook, or kike, or fuck, you know, and even Italian, guinea, all that, like, you would say that, and you would just do it, but, like, a lot of the Catholic people, that you know we're all of these like morally right people and and they're, they're they're they go to church every Sunday and they 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 do this and that and they they could just go fucking you know they could go you know jerk off on a statue and then just go into a fucking thing and say oh forgive me for my sins and then like they say like four prayers and it's over which is, is absolutely silly to me but the thing is those racist a lot of those racist friends of mine and the, that were catholic you know, they were hypocrites because when you would say, you know, yeah, but you fucking, your priests molest kids, they would go, well, well, don't let one little group ruin everybody. And it's like, yeah, but that's what you do with minorities. That's what you do with minorities. So if the news says that some black or Spanish or somebody did something, okay. Then, you know, I've I've had the friends, and and I've seen people, yeah you see, man, you can't, these niggas can't fucking, you can't put them anywhere. They fucking ruin neighborhoods. Meanwhile, it's like a kid who can't eat, and he's trying to get something, and he could have brothers who are doctors and shit, and nobody hears or sees that. So what you're doing is just the same thing. And I'm I'm trying to talk about this, and I I don't want to get, like, people all crazy, but, like, it's so true. And, look, I was never molested. Um, you know, but priests, nothing like that, I never had to deal with that, but I gotta tell you something, I know people that were, and I have friends that were, and I've seen it change lives, and it's one of the most despicable, horrific things that could ever happen to anybody, and it happened, and it happened a lot, it wasn't just a few you heard about, man, that shit was going on, it happened a lot, and it was a cover-up, and these kids were supposed to be with the safest person that they could be with, Okay, and these cocksuckers are pulling their pants down, touching them and shit, fucking them up for life, and using the church to fucking be, you know, using the church, man. That it doesn't get worse than that. Okay, it doesn't get worse than that. Those fucking people. You want to talk about religion and a heaven and a hell? Those people hopefully burn in fucking hell. Okay, if, if there is one, they should be burning in fucking hell. And I just feel like I just feel like the hypocrisy when you say something like, "Oh yeah, you're saying just the bad apples, right? The bad fucking, you know." you know, that, that, but it's the same thing with what you're doing. So why don't you accept people more and be open-minded a little more? If you're going to say that shit about, mol, you know, molest, molestation and, 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 and the priests that were doing it, you should be more open-minded. And I think that there, there's a point there to be said, but you know, I don't know, but that's just something that was on my mind. And I was, I was just really, you know, I'm on the, like, I'm, I'm just, I don't know, man. It just fucking bothered me. Because I feel like I was lied to so much as a kid, you know, you go and you're getting, you get told things and you're just like, it's, it's, I don't know, you get, you get told things and you get told what to do and what to believe and this and that, I mean, I don't know. And I know that there's a lot of great Catholic churches out there and Catholic priests and all that. So I'm I'm really not trying to be disrespectful, but I, I just said like there's a lot of the I'm talking about the people that I had grown up with and people that I were around that were Catholic. Many of them were racist, and it was you know neighborhoods like that. And but it's you got you can't have it both ways. You can't you can't say oh whoa 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 don't bring up molestation. It's only a, you know a few and they're perverts and they're sick and it's not the whole church. It's like okay, so. Do that with minorities and, and people like that. Don't say things about, you know, people that are black or people that are Spanish and, and things like that. Open your mind to that. What about the people that aren't committing crimes like that? So, ah, how about that shit? Some knowledge. Some deep shit to close out the show 50 minutes, 58 minutes into the Verzi effect. So maybe I'll tap on that a little bit. I hope you guys, um, you know, talk about that with me. You know, go to Butterfly and talk about that with me. I want—I will really get into this conversation on Butterfly with anybody. I really want to talk about it. Because I don't know of anything more horrible than going to a place you're supposed to be the safest in the world and and and, and being violated like that. I, I really just, I, do, I don't. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about that shit. I'd rather talk about that than Miley Cyrus's ugly white girl ass <laughs> bent over at the VMAs. All right, guys. Football is coming. Another awful thing for the Jets. The Jets stink. What an awful organization. And I called it. Dude, I called it. I said, I was sitting down with my managers, and I hope they fucking are listening to this. I was sitting down with my managers at the bar next to Gotham Comedy Club two years ago. And I said to them, I said, look, Rex Ryan will be out in three years. This shit is over. And they looked at me like, are you nuts? He's going to be there forever. Rex Ryan's finished. You can see it. It's unraveling. It's falling apart at the seams. It's an absolute shit show. Geno Smith is not ready. Sanchez is hurt, and he's up and down. They are gonna, they are gonna suck. But I'm ready for the Giants, and I think uh, next week I'll make the predictions. I'll make the predictions. Um, Jeter came back tonight for the Yankees, but I, I didn't. I, I, I know they lost. I was kind of, you know, just watching. I'm kind of rooting for the Yankees, like I said, because they're they're behind, but that's it, I played basketball tonight for the first time in in weeks and weeks because of moving and going away and performing, but Monday nights when I'm off of comedy is when I play, and I haven't played in weeks, but I played tonight, and um, I, you know, if you guys are new to the podcast, I play basketball a lot, I'm, I was always had a nice outside shot, and I went out there today, and I swear to God, the first game I jumped in, I was shooting so bad, my, my form, everything, it was like, I just lost it all, and the second game, I started to catch it, I started hitting some jumpers, but just all over the place, just uh, inconsistent, you got to find that, because it's like, I feel like basketball is like golf, where if you're away from it for a while, you got to catch that groove, and I, I wasn't catching the groove at all, so, you know, and then and I would, and I was in and out, but it felt good to run around that whole, uh, but I was missing layups, and I'd make a great pass, or somebody would make a great pass back, and it was like, all this stuff, I was actually passing the ball, well, but then, and then I came around, I started playing good, and then obviously towards the end, I was playing good, and then it was time to go, but just, just awful, so, did I have anything, oh, this is the last thing I wanted to talk about with sports, then I'll do some plugs, and I'll get out of here, okay, um, We're talking about this bad weather in the Super Bowl. How great would it be? How great would it be if it snowed or flurried? I don't want it to be like they can't even run because that would suck. And I don't want it to be some whiteout. But how about, no, you could still see the green grass, but it's kind of cold. I'd say like, you know, just like right around, I don't know, just whatever temperature would if you just have you know you a jacket maybe a hat on you don't have to like put on a million layers you know you're comfortable but it's still chilly and then a light flurry of snow coming and then you just watch this great game at giant stadium it will always be giant stadium that's why i said that but i'm um, going to the super bowl this year and i'm looking forward to uh you know <clears throat> taking part in all that stuff this year uh Super Bowl is good but like all these people are like no it needs to be in warm weather it needs to be no mix it up some of the greatest games ever have been in cold weather you got the ice bowl all that stuff how cool would that be let it let football was meant to be played in the elements so let it be played stop complaining about it it will be awesome it would be awesome and, and you know New York's gonna do it big because New York is the shit that's what we do no, they're going to do a oh my God, how great would it be if the Giants were in the Super Bowl with a little bit of snow, comes down to like the last play or something, they win the game in the snow at home to win Eli's third championship and the place just would just go nuts. Oh, that's a beautiful thought. I hope that happens. That would be great. But we will see pretty soon because football season is upon us. I think hold on. Today is the Okay, so football is it September 5th, the first Thursday and then yes. It's September 5th is the fir, is the Thursday night where the Super Bowl champions play and then uh, Sunday. Sunday the 8th. And tomorrow whatever, Tuesday's the 27th. Oh man. It's on. Wait a minute, does that mean, when the fuck, does that mean I have to make the prediction now? One, two, three, four, no, okay, I got one more week, okay, so I'll make the prediction next week of the Super Bowl for you guys, remember, I picked both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, I just had the winner wrong, year before that I had one team right and I had them losing and they did lose, I just had the other team wrong. So I really want to go, I really want to, this is the third one, you know, like when you get one or two, it could be, but this one, I got to get a team that's in, I got to get a team that's in the Super Bowl, and then if I get both, you guys better start going with me, because that's proving some shit. Okay, don't be like that guy that said when he first saw me do comedy that I was more of a New York guy, fuck that, come along for the ride, the Verzi effect. Imagine if, like, I got real corny, like I had, like, music that was, like, the Versey Effect. You're listening to the Verzi Effect podcast. I would never, <laughs> I would never. Some people, are like, how come we don't have music and a song and an intro? And I'm like, because that's not what I do. I'm sitting in my fucking house downstairs with a microphone and my computer, and I'm talking into it. Okay, I'm not in some studio. I'm not dumping a ton of money into this. I'm just talking, and I'm hoping, hopefully you guys are listening, and I'm being real what do you want, like, and now, coming to the microphone is Paul, <laughs> I had, some shit. <laughs> I had some stupid music, like, like, all kinds of, and then I was just like, welcome everybody, we are going to have a great, like, I couldn't, and there are some podcasts, I'm not going to mention names, but some podcasts take the shit a little too far, with intros, you know, Joe Matarese actually has a long intro, but I actually like it because it's like the whole Rocky thing and he's like kind of talks about his vulnerability and he's just like the way he's so into Rocky and what Rocky did for that guy's life. That's why I like his intro, but I, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to just do some crazy fucking, you know, insane intro. Just, you know, there's been no music and it's been good this way. I will be, however, having some guests. Um, I have a few that uh, need to come upstate. They need to come to my house and do it. And um, I will do that, but a lot of comedians don't have cars, and uh, I got kids, so fuck them. I'm not driving to them. But let's get into some plugs, because I'm going long here. Got some big news, everybody. I do. I do. I got some, some big date news. Number one, uh, I think I talked about this last time. Uh, I will be, I just turned into the pilot. I, uh... We're going to be flying at about 35,000 feet. You guys know when I start to get goofy about an hour in that it's time to... Time to shut her down. I will be headlining... Carolina Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at Broadway at the Beach. It's going to be a good one. And I was recently informed by the great Bill Burr, that I will be his opener on his uh, really nice run that he's going to do in um, November, will be at Constitution Hall in Washington DC on November 7th, that is where Eddie Murphy, who's a big reason I do this, filmed Delirious which is one of the best hours, so funny, and um, he's a big reason I do this. Actually, Raw was a big reason I do this, but Delirious was filmed at Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. I will open for Bill Burr there. The next night, I will open two shows for Bill Burr at the Beacon Theater in New York City. That is November 8th, and then on November 9th, I will open for him in Philadelphia, um, and I'm going to get that, the name and all that stuff, that venue, but I know that it's in Philly, on, um, so it'll be 7, 8, and nine. And um I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, amazing. I got a lot of uh, also September dates. All of the new dates are going to be up on the website tonight. I am doing that tonight. I'm going to get that going. And um, that's it. So go to uh the, the paulverzi.com and try to put another can try to put another clip on there for you guys and uh, all the new updated dates, but I will be doing shows in New York City, you know, my home club, the Stand. It's the best. Um, I'll be at Stand Up New York, it's just uh, just another, one of the best clubs, it's a great club, I, it's another home of mine where I'll be, um, so I'll be doing shows there, I'm going to be opening for Bobby Kelly at the what Institute of Technology uh, College on September 5th in Long Island, and uh, I just got a whole bunch of new, new dates, so you could check paulverzi.com for them, but uh, if you're in the D.C. area, please come out, man, it would be great to, you know, just just come out to those shows. I'd we'll love to do two shows in D.C. or Philly. I know Bill would, uh, you know, Bill's one of those guys. He's not one of those guys that gets fucking tired. If people come and sell out, he'll fucking do them all he'll do. So it's just going to be amazing. It's truly an honor to uh, not only open for Bill, but, you know, I've opened for Bill a lot of places. But to be asked to open for the big ones um, is, is amazing. And, um, you know, so very humbling and uh, appreciative of it. But uh, if you were in Myrtle Beach, come down the 22nd, October 22nd to the 26th. I'll be at Carolina Comedy Club. So you could check that out too. All right, everybody. Talk to me about that thing I said about the hypocritical racist people that are Catholic. I think that uh, that could be a good, that could get a little hairy, which is always good. And um, that's pretty much it. If you were really into the Miley Cyrus thing today, fuck you. And until episode 125, I am out of here. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you guys soon.